Thanks for tuning in to the Boiled Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, good morning to you whenever you're watching this. This is not live. This is recorded. Uh, my name is Boiler Dowd. I'm hosting a kind of an unusual midweek just thing. I don't even know what you'd call it. Quick cast. But it's a different different than the normal quick cast because I actually have a guest today. I got to talk to my pal Derek Schultz about just a couple things. Uh, he was at the Purdue game uh, when they beat Arizona this last weekend. Uh, but I, I wanted to talk to him a little bit about uh, what, what he thought about Purdue right now, what he thought about uh, – view of college sports world from a Purdue chair since he's a, a Purdue staffer now and he's a IU alum and a former well, he's not he's a he's still an IU fan I spilled water all over myself um, but he's an all-around good guy too and I just thought it'd be fun to talk to him so uh, in a second you'll get to hear from Derek Schultz uh, before I do that uh, I want to thank uh, the, the maker of my sweatshirt Homefield Homefield Apparel head over there homefieldapparel.com uh, interboiled 23 at checkout get 15% off when you're, when you're on campus, head over to AJ's on Vine, eataj's.com before, burgers, beef, beer, that's AJ's. So Purdue is number one once again. Uh, I thought they might be number one in my post-game wrap-up after the Arizona game. Turns out they got the number one nod. I joked that I didn't want it uh, off of the air, away from things, because um, it's not the best place to be for Purdue. You know, if you don't know this, I, I talk about this in my conversation Purdue set a record being the only team ever to be number one for four weeks and then lose that week. Uh, Purdue was number one, I think, for eight weeks last season. Um, I don't think this season will go like that one for multiple reasons. I mean, hell, it could. The aftermath of the Arizona game leaves you in a different position. Uh, Purdue has now beaten one of the... The, the teams that if you say there's the eyeball test in college basketball, they passed that. I said this after the game. They're just not a metric that you can't find that Arizona isn't one of the best teams in America, if not the very best. When you look at the polls, there are six teams that look to be the, the six best teams in America. All of them, I think. I was surprised that more of them didn't get a number one vote this week just because of the inherent biases that are built in with the media and the things that media doesn't get to see because they're maybe focusing on another region or whatever. But surprisingly, Purdue got 48 of the, uh, or many, 60-something votes, uh, the number one votes. And so that's a pretty dominant performance. I think they had all but one the last time they were voted number one uh, this this season. So their second ride at number one, hopefully they can stay there a little bit longer. Yeah, so I I watched the Matt Painter show uh, recorded last night. And one thing that I took away, maybe the biggest thing I took away with Coach Terry Johnson talking about was, was uh, a quote that he said that's accurate. He said, hey, basketball is supposed to be fun. should be fun for the fans. These coaches, the players, hear what the chatter is on social media. Um, and it's amazing to me. It's incredible to me that even during a win, after a number one team, that some people can find that there's not joy to be found in that. If you devalue the regular season that much just because of postseason failure, and I'm not diminishing the importance of the postseason failure. Uh, I hope you find I hope you find something that brings joy to you because that's pretty awesome. It's the first time Purdue's beaten a uh, a number one team since they beat Arizona back in I think it was 2000, 2001, something like that. They beat them in Indianapolis too. So pretty interesting way for history to kind of wrap itself up in a nice little bow. Um, there was another. Oh, there's one other factoid that I wanted to share that maybe you've heard and maybe you saw. Um, 
the, the big three of Purdue, like I talked about in the headline and the post game. Um, of course, uh, Zach Eady, Braden Smith, Fletch Lawyer, they all had, what, 25, 26 points, over 26 points, I think. can't remember. It's the first time in the history of Purdue's basketball program that three players have uh, each had 22 or more points. It's pretty amazing. Purdue's got a long history in college basketball. Derek and I talk a little bit about this um, in, in our conversation, how Purdue's system maybe isn't always... Um, it's not, the teams usually aren't built this way where you have guys that are going to light you on fire, let alone three do it at one time. So I encourage all of us to, to enjoy the ride a little bit. In the meantime, enjoy this conversation with Derek Schultz. Derek, how you been? I'm good, man. It's great to talk with you. Yeah, it's good to, good to talk to you again. Um, uh, Derek and I have known a couple for, uh, each other for a couple years, and, um, and I'm always a fan of people that go through a rebirth and are willing to admit they were wrong. And like you have with your. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. I, you, you can certainly paint it <laughs> that way if you want to do it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm loyal to whoever signs my checks. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's what I'm. Uh, yeah. I get no, that. That's but, why I'm um, a Purdue fan. Similarly, because <laughs> it's made me rich, filthy, stinking rich. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, in, in all seriousness, uh, yeah, it, it's um, for for those that I guess don't know, um, I'm I might be one of the few IU graduates that you've ever had on this show. Um, former IU, I mean, I'll just be truthful, super fan. Um, but I always appreciated, or I, I shouldn't say always, because I definitely didn't always appreciate it. I, I came to appreciate the affinity that my Purdue fan friends. Um, who are near and dear to my heart had for their university. And then when it, when it came to the point where I became an employee, you know, this background is not something that I made for the show. This is actually <laughs> something that I use on my work calls. Um, you know, I, I leaned in, man. I, that's how I, anything that I've ever done in my life. Um, I, I don't kind of halfway do it. I go all the way in and, and that's what I've done with this. And I'm really enjoying that. And even though it's not athletics related, just with the university, obviously the branding of the university is something that's very important to me professionally. So what better to brand the university than having the number one basketball team and having them be successful. Right. So um, that's kind of where we are with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so years ago before, uh, before you were officially affiliated with Purdue university, I always appreciate you just because I listened to the radio show first and I always thought you were very fair minded. Like I, you can be a fan. I think it's great that, you know, you're, you know, you shouldn't abandon, I, you know, I, I completely, completely am kidding when I say, you know, abandoning these mistakes. Like there are, um, there are five or six IU fans that are very palatable people and you're one of them and a couple <laughs> of my other friends and that's it. Um, but no, I always thought you were fair minded when you were, when you're on the the radio show and uh, you, you provided good balance. Cause back then I felt query was just like, I would listen to the the show on the radio and just yell at it. And be like, what the hell are you doing, Jake? Like, and you were kind of providing, I think, some 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 even handedness, even if you didn't always feel it. And I think that's a, that's a that's a sign of a true pro. I obviously can't do any of that. I will be really honest. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, um, it, it was one of those things where um, we look. People, Purdue fans, know this as well. You have to jockey for attention, right? It, it feels like, and so it's such a great fan base and it has obviously major athletic programs that 
are in the discussion, they, they need a seat at the table. And that's just, and you know, I have felt the same way about Butler. I felt the same way about um, the Pacers. The Pacers got overshadowed here in this town because it's Colts, 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 Colts. I you basketball, you basketball, you basketball. And um, you know, you, you want to add, you want to be a well-rounded show. And then we had the relationship at, at the old Fox sports and, and WNDE with um, we were the co-flag um, with the station in Lafayette for Purdue men's basketball and football. So we had that relationship too, where we went out and did the practices. And, you know, one of the coolest things I got to do with the show was do that, do a close practice every year with, with Matt Painter. And yeah. literally it was him, Elliot Bloom, Chris Foreman, the staff and us. And, and, and that was it. There was no one else that was in there. So then you get really, I mean, you talk about a backstage pass to a practice and you, you hear things <laughs> that are said in that practice. And it's not like it, it's when the cameras are on. So, you know, that, that was part of kind of my growing affinity and respect for Purdue as well. I mean, yeah, I wanted to be, I wanted to have integrity when I was talking about them and, and not like lean into, you know, me being 20 year old IU fan from back in the day. Um, so that, so that was important to me. And I appreciate that you felt that way listening to it as a Purdue fan. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think one thing you're touching on right there though, is because you've interacted with painter a little bit, you get to see this, this personality of a guy that, you know, we, we, we have this joke behind closed doors that it'd be so much easier to just jump off the bandwagon after, you know, kind of the, some of the, the March failures and, and be angry and stay angry at painter. If he wasn't such a damn good interview and just like, I know my bias shows through here, but I really, really like to hear Painter speak. And I really hear like to hear him answer the questions. Most of the time he, um, he kind of slipped a little bit. He got a little bit away from the, from the self-deprecation and the um, he's, he's been pretty self-critical, I think in the months leading up to the season, <laughs> a week or two ago, he lashed out a bit <laughs> at, at some of the things that people were saying. And I, I think he's kept that in. I know he's been pissed off too. Um, but is there anything like that we don't get to see that you, you know, I know you, I, I, I'm sure you can't see everything you've seen or heard, but is there anything you've seen in practice or in, you know, like just off off of the camera that we don't get to see that, that surprised you about Matt Painter? I know I love his, uh, he loves baseball, but is there anything else that, that, that you've seen that you really enjoy about him? Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that I'm I was necessarily surprised by anything that we saw behind the scenes. Um, he, he coaches the guys hard and he recruits guys that want to be coached like that. So it, there, it's not like there's not tension, you know what I mean? Guys know what they've signed up for. And I think that's a real testament to painter that he always, he, he's, he's really mastered finding fits for Purdue and, and for their culture and, and for what they want to accomplish. Um, I'll, I'll tell you something that I appreciate about him is that he, he really is just a a regular guy that happens to be a, a great basketball coach. He's he's really just a dude. Um, and when he really lights up is not when he's talking about, you know, uh, offensive schemes to get more shots for Fletcher Lawyer. He opens up when you ask him about, you know, the Cubs run to the 1998 NL wild card. Like, you know, that that's when he really lights up. Um, and I've always kind of appreciated that about him. I mean, th th people take this stuff and it's funny that we're saying this on, we're, you know, we're, we're doing a, sh you're doing a show that's strictly just about Purdue sports, but people take sports so seriously. Even the people inside sports take sports so seriously. And it's, it's nice to kind of have sometimes moments of, of just levity where it's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's sports and it matters and it's important, but it's not my life. It's not my entire identity. And, and I think Matt Painter um, lives that pretty well.
it, what, what's the main platform for your show now with with Jake? It's is it YouTube IOC Sports Network is what we've been doing kind of this second generation of of the show on since uh, since 2020. It's pretty good. I mean, I, that's the thing. It's like it's different to me. It, it's not as easily accessible. I mean, I'm I'm a guy that I like to have uh, YouTube in the background during my workday when I can, and so I catch up with you guys there. Um, it's not as easy like just jumping in my car and catching snippets. I probably watch more time wise than I even used to listen, but it felt like it was easier just to have you in the car during drives when I was picking up my kids or whatever. Um, yeah, but no, I, I like the format. So and and having. Um, Four hours, so twenty hours a week compared to one hour a week. It, it's it's very difficult to fit in everything. <laughs> that sure, we wanna, it's that super we high say. octane. That's the funny thing. Like you know, when you guys show that there's like in the title what the topics are going to be. Sometimes I'm like, when are they? When are they going to get to that? Yeah. You know, like I mean, I love the talks of sandwiches. Don't get me wrong, but but. <laughs> well, we, we do have sponsors that we have to. Got to got to make them happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not me. I don't. I don't have any of that. In yeah. This. No. No. Of course not. <laughs> um, so you, one of the things I liked about this last show, uh, and I knew the answer right when Jake asked it, but I want to—I wanted to bring it back up with you. There are like a couple things I wanted to touch on that you guys just talked about. And one of them was um, that the thing that Purdue had done that I think he said no other team had ever done, uh, lost four times as number one last year. That, that was a shocking thing to me. And I don't know, like, I think Purdue was number one. I think we counted eight weeks last year. Was IU number one? Um, uh, my my freshman year at IU was the Tom Coverdale, Jared Jeffries, AJ Moye team that went all the way to the title game. So that was yeah, the and that was, was my freshman year. Okay, that's that's a super likable team. Were they? But I know they that was a great run in the tournament. They were never uh, number were, one. They were never number one. Yeah, because no, they kind of they they, they they hit they, their stride in March. Right, they started the year seven and five. And then they ended wow. up sharing the Big Ten, I think, four ways that year. And uh, and they were a five seed, and they made their run to the, the championship game as a five. That's the thing. It's so hard as a Purdue fan. I mean, like, I grew up a Purdue fan, like, literally trying to fight my way out against IU slash Notre Dame football fans in grade school. Yeah. And so, like, as almost as long as I can remember, you know, IU was just accepted as they were. They go to Final Fours. They win national championships, obviously, with Knight. And IU goes that one, you know, early 2000s. It's like, holy crap, they just did it again. And we, as Purdue fans, I'll be, I don't even, I just want to see a Final Four. I keep saying it. National title, I mean, it's almost like the Red Sox getting past the Yankees to me. Um, I had a lot of friends that were Red Sox fans because I, um, my college roommate was from Maine and I had all these connections to living in uh, the Boston area. And so when the Red Sox got by the Yankees, it was almost like, okay, they're going to win the world series that's yeah, what like a fate to complete, right yeah right yeah, I and i don't know if i'll feel that way that. okay yeah there you go yeah. i mean like and you know jay's a, a yankee fan too um and it's funny he and i used to kind of go back and forth a little bit at that point i i watched baseball a lot more regularly um it was still fresh of living in the northeast i don't know if i'll feel that way if i i, I don't think i'm not counting anything a done deal but i had a friend ask me who's um who's not a huge college basketball fan because I was kind of catching him up. He lives internationally right now. I'm like, how are you keeping up on college basketball? Because I know he does watch. He's like, oh, not as much as I'd like. It's all via Instagram. It's all snippets. And he said, is Purdue as good as it looks like they are? And I said, yeah. And he said, should they go to the Final Four? I said, yeah. And he said, will they? I said, I don't think so. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I don't – and I'm not trying to be – I just can't get my head around that that world. No. That's, until you that's do the it, weird thing. Right? It, yeah. Until you yeah. do it, Yeah. 
Look, I, I'm a um, I'm a Connecticut native. My brother-in-law's uh, UConn. A lot of my high school friends, UConn, 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 and you see them with, you know, they had a seven seed win the whole thing. They had a, a team that went nine and nine in the Big East win the whole thing. Man. They had a, a five seed this last year win the whole thing, and it's kind of like guys. I don't know if you realize this, but you've had like three runs that you've had like four lifetimes worth of championships in, yeah. in 10 years, basically, you know, what they've done 2011 to now it's, it's just insane. And you, you look at that with Supreme jealousy. Cause you say, you know, not just Purdue fans, but anybody like, why yeah. the hell we well, look at Arizona, you know, Arizona hasn't been to the final four in 20 over 20 years. Arizona. And, they've been, and they've been one of the best programs yeah. multiple times. They've been top five and then they bowed out in the first or second round. So, you know, it, it's not just I, it, like, look, we all know that Purdue has become kind of the national poster child of that, but it, it's, it's tough. It's a single elimination <laughs> random tournament and you need to be good, no doubt. And I'm not discrediting any of those teams um, outside of the Napier team. Cause that was a complete fluke in 2014. What a joke. Um, they're like the worst champion ever. I, I can't stand that group. But like it's all, so we we've talked about this at Boiled Sports. Jay and Anish talked, and I have talked about multiple times. We always talk about dynamic guard play, guys that can then put you know that that can bring the ball up and then say I'm going to keep it in my hands, right? That sort of thing. So there's there's no leaving leaving no doubt. And this is one of the problems is Purdue has been a big man centric program for as long as I can remember, my whole life, right? I go back to uh, Rowinski and Russell Cross, and you know, like way way back for for a lot of people. Um, Scheffler and so that's that's kind of the nature of the beast and so when Purdue starts getting these dynamic guards you start saying well maybe this is the thing to crack the code Connecticut is built on the dynamic guard even I use runs right you'd say I, I always think about key smart making shots but um, really that I'd say that's that was Alford more than yeah more than of course. smart yeah. you know yeah so but dynamic and, and I, I say think still one and yeah, I mean, yeah, you, yeah. Go, you go back to a couple of those IU teams that they, they were led by that for sure. Um, yeah. Did, did you, you see that? Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, if you wonder if, um, it, I don't know if this was your segue or not, but if you wonder if, if Braden Smith is going to play at this level, um, how that changes the dynamic for this Purdue team. I mean, forget lawyer. Um, you know, look, if, if, if Smith and lawyer play like, they do. Arizona is really good. Like they're one of the best defensive teams in the country. They're one of the most athletic teams in the country. And Lawyer and Smith, the first 25 minutes of that game just completely took over. <laughs> they, they dominated them. And that's a backcourt yeah. with Caleb Love in it. You know what I mean? Like, right. Uh, if, if they play to that level, um, and I know, it, again, it's hard to wrap your head around Purdue getting to the final four, but if they play at that level, they're not getting beat. I don't, I don't think. Right. I, I I don't think like for my my whole thing with lawyer specifically we, I just keep saying I need lawyer to knock down open shots that's it like him being a creator that that really blew me away I'll be real honest and yeah, the, the, when he came when he came off the court because he was probably walking right at you he came off the court after um, de pantsing one of Arizona's guards and he was yelling at him in the first half do you remember that spot yeah he was, I was, he was like fired up. I mean, you know, I think he was embarrassed a bit from out. He hears the criticism. He knows what's going sure. on. Um, sure. You know, he had the old for against Alabama and all that. Um, yeah. I thought defensively he he did. It wasn't just the floaters and the threes. I thought defensively he was terrific in that game. Yeah, as well. he was. Um, I got to see him play a, a decent amount. Um, Homestead came here for a bunch of games. They played Lawrence North here in Indy, and I, and I went to that game. And then they, they played Carmel in the tournament, and I was at that game. 
And um, and he had another teammate, Luke Goody, who ended up going on to um, to Illinois. He's really good. It just felt like any time he was open, it was going in, <laughs> you know, and he was rarely open because he commanded so much attention. But certainly anytime he had even like a little window, the ball was going in. So to see that, you know, to see him kind of struggle with that late in the season and, and to see that really kind of be inconsistent um, is hard because, you know, he has that in him. Like, you know, is, is he going to be dropping floaters on everybody's head and then knocking down, you know, 22 footers and all that. Probably not like he did against Arizona. I don't think you can expect that consistently, but you know, you, you should expect more than five points on one of six shooting from Fletcher lawyer. Like he's too good yeah. for stat lines like that. Yeah. He's the floor, the floor shouldn't be that should be that low with him. Yeah. That's it. I agree. I agree. And, and, and what's neat is that like we're seeing Braden Smith raise his floor where it's at the point now where you just expect him to produce something even if he's not producing at like an all-american level because he's he's seemingly just gotten that good yeah so i got a, I got a question i've asked a couple people this question just uh and it's kind of totally it's it's kind of random because it's not really fair if you look at their styles of game they're very different but i think uh um uh, a lot of people first thing i think when you when you think of a kind of a take charge uh point guard in this era a lot of people think of ohio state's aaron craft okay um would you rather have senior Aaron Kraft or um, sophomore Braden Smith right now? For for this Purdue team, I think they need the scoring punch yep. that Smith provides. You know, Aaron Kraft played with John Diebler and Evan Turner. And, you know, yeah. I mean, like they had a bunch of guys that could really fill it up yeah. um, on those Ohio State teams. And, and Purdue, you know they they have good pieces that fit together but like you you can't rely on you know you're maybe you're going to get one a year like a big game from mason gillis or you know something like that so i i think it's not a knock on Kraft, who was a really great college basketball player but i think for this purdue team you would you would rather have smith um what's interesting man is that people it, it's so look and even vibes based with these guys, like the, the, the guys that people truly just like JJ Reddick, Aaron, Aaron Kraft are the guys that they don't look like they should be as good as they are. Right. You know? right. Like you look at, if, if you cross Braden Smith on the street, you wouldn't think anything of it. Like he just looks yeah. like a, a regular, he looks like a dude. And then yeah. he gets there out there on, on the court and he's dropping 26 and, and eight on your head and you're like what Man, like, well, he not- uses he uses that pick as effectively as anybody i've ever seen i yeah, mean that's pretty dynamic like smart player um yeah. and and he's always kind of been that way uh the, the, the only concern and look i'm not uh a, a mad painter i'm not a coach i'm not a a scout or anything like that but just from watching a lot of basketball the only really concern that i had about him was physically <laughs> you know well, i wasn't really worried about anything dude can play there was no question yeah. about that it was about kind of you know, building up muscle and, and growing into his body and um, and putting up with the rigor of the Big Ten season because it's a little bit different than when you're playing, you know, Noblesville. Um, it's, yeah. it's not the same level. I, so I watched I watched a little bit more of, of your show. Like I was saying, I found that was interesting. You talked about things outside of Purdue, and I wanted a little, little bit of conversation about that, if that's okay with you. I, yeah, I switch sure. gears. Especially since the I, I think this um, show is always Purdue all the time, and I thought it'd be good to have you're talking about some things that aren't that aren't all Purdue. Let me ask you a question. It, it, very sw- switching gears pretty quickly, but I'm looking at the time, and I don't want to. I don't want to eat all your time up. I'm I'm a very casual Pacers fan. I'm generally an anti NBA guy. I just don't like the style of the game much anymore. But why were they so damn good leading up to that 
that tournament. It was fun to watch them. Number one, I didn't have to deal with Bally's, which was awesome. Um, so I could actually get them on TV. But why were they so good leading up to the championship of that and in the pool play and all that? And why do they look so broken the last few times uh, yeah, out on the question. court? Um, but I think the the simple answer, and this is going to sound like a cop-out, but it's, it's 82 games. And you go through yeah. good stretches and bad stretches. And sometimes they even butt up against one another. Um, and I think the Pacers went through um, – kind of a high highs stretch and now they're going through low lows one the defense has always been an issue um they they don't and especially don't now that you, t- you you take Nemhard and Jalen Smith out of the lineup and they just they, they don't really have anybody um Ooh. outside of Turner I guess but they have nobody that can really defend on the wing and that's something that that it's really a missing component of of this team uh they thought Jarris Walker was going to be that but he's not quite ready as as a rookie which is fine you know those guys need growth and development and all that but um, I, I think that the in-season tournament, they just kind of, they, they, they sort of caught lightning in a bottle. They, they knew that that tournament, you know, I, I don't think players on the Lakers or the Knicks thought about that tournament. Like, yeah, like this is our chance to get on the big stage. Like they're the Lakers and the Knicks. That tournament was about the Pacers and Pelicans and teams like that playing meaningful basketball in November and December. That's really what it was about. Yeah. Um, and I think the Pacers knew that and they embraced that and and really kind of went all in and, and dug in. And and that had a lot to do with it. And, and Tyrese Halliburton playing at a spectacular special level had a lot to do with it as well. Yeah, I thought so for me, um, and I don't really I don't remember the ABA days. Um, of course, I think they ended. I was really young. Um, but the the style of play that the Pacers played on offense reminded me of the, the videos I've seen of the ABA, that wide open, lots of movement, tons of fun. Like that to me, that just, that grabbed my attention. I was like, I can watch a whole NBA game now, which I did. I watched multiple <laughs> NBA games in the end, which I never do anymore. And I think it partially, partially because it's good to see the Pacers win, but even when the Pacers were good uh, back in the last era, you know, which was how long ago now, um, like 12 or 14. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it's different now because, you know, you go back to the 90s. Um, I think we remember like the Reggie Miller threes and things like that. But really, that was like a grind out, punch you in the gut type basketball. Like they were winning. They were you go back and you watch those Knicks Pacers games. It was it was more WWE oh. than it was basketball. Yeah. Um, and then the 12 to 14 teams were about that, too. They were about grinding it out and, and locking you down defensively and Hibbert and West and, you know, those big physical presence guys and, and now it's just completely and totally different where they can't yeah. defend a lick and they're they're scoring a buck 30 a night um it's uh it's it's quite a shock to the system for sure yeah they're it's wild to see there. the points at the end of the first quarter right you'll know, have yeah. uh, 40 50 points it's like what the hell is happening you know like, it was 77 66 and a half last night and you're like what like yeah, yeah. that's weird and you don't bat and it that, that's exactly what the ABA was. You look at those old scores. They were just, it was, it was a different brand of basketball together. Yeah. And I mean, so I'm, I'm incredible. He was a great, yeah. and, and all those guys, you know, um, Mel Daniels and Roger Brown. And if there's one, and I said this on the show earlier tonight, if there's one good thing that, that kind of comes with, um, you know, it's always sad to see people pass on, but at least yeah. George was here to get his recognition and slick you know, to get the reckon Mel, Mel, Mel Daniels too, to get the recognition that they so richly deserved as, as hall of famers, because that's what they were. I don't care that it's not the NBA. I mean, they, they were unbelievable. George McGinnis went to the NBA and tore it up. So like, yeah. you know, he, he didn't need to validate his career to anybody else. That's real special that I, they got, I was in a comment section the other day and every now and again, I, I shouldn't even do it. I don't know why any of us ever leave comments on any 
post an Instagram, <laughs> right? I don't, I, especially I'm like, I, I've, I've, I should learn my lesson, but, but somebody talked about the Pacers never having championships. And I'm like, I just, I hate that. I understand why anybody in the NBA would see that the Pacers, that ABA championships don't matter, but those teams are pretty damn good. And that was a pretty fun era of basketball. Um, so you, I heard you say the atmosphere at, uh, uh, at the Purdue Arizona game was excellent. And one of the things that surprised you was the Arizona fans. Yeah. Um, were there, because it looked like, see, I was trying to figure out, were those Ball State fans in red or was that legit Arizona people? No, I, the, 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 we were behind the broadcasters, so on the opposite side of the PA and, and um, people on the opposite side of the court, and there was one section diagonal from us that was um that was Arizona like look it was it was like an 80 20 Purdue crowd obviously and and there were some yeah. Ball State fans there were even it looked like a guy and his wife that both had IU hoodies on and they were sitting sure. right in the Arizona section I mean you know do do whatever you want I guess it's a nice Saturday afternoon to watch basketball but it was, right. it was really weird I also saw a guy in a purple Northwestern hoodie and I'm like is that intentional or are you just randomly wearing that yeah. yeah um but yeah. no there was a good I mean they you know, they, they jumped out to, what was it, like a 17-11, 19-11, something like that lead. And um, they started doing a U of A, U of A. Mm. And it was loud. I mean, that, I was near the court, so maybe it was because we were near. It sounded loud on TV when they were doing that. Okay, okay. So you heard it, too, on, on TV. Yeah, yeah I, I thought it was. And we talked to some of them. Uh, me and my colleague, Trevor Peters, were, were running a booth beforehand on the concourse and talked to some of them, like, hey, are you from there or whatever else? And many of them were just saying that they were um, – you know, in Indiana now, but they had family there. Or, you know, we talked to one guy who was an alum who lives in Fishers. Um, but there were people that that traveled in for the game. And um, yeah, it, it's a great, it, it's it's like what Arizona in basketball to me is what Colorado is in football, where it's just, it's just, there's something cool about it. Like, I don't know. Like, I remember, I, I barely remember the, like the Sean Elliott Arizona teams, but I remember yeah. like, Khalid Reeves and um, Damon Stoudemire and like those groups into the Richard Jefferson, uh, Jason Gardner, you know, the teams that went to yeah, Jason Gardner. I always think of him because that was such a big deal. Him getting out of the state oh, yeah. of Indiana, right? Yeah. From yeah. right. Obviously. Yeah. From right here in North central in Indianapolis. So I, I, I think it's um it's a program to me. That's always had a lot of like kind of the, a cool factor to it. Cache, right. Yeah. And they were all fr yeah. friendly, at least the ones that I talked to, they, they knew we were pulling for Purdue, but they were cool about it. When they won their national title, that was through Indy, right? Wasn't that the last yeah. national yep. championship? Yep, 97. Miles Simon in Arizona are the only national champion to beat all um, – well, they wouldn't have beaten all four – to beat three one-seats. Whoa. To win the championship. I, I, You might want to look that up to verify, but I, I thought that I remembered hearing that, that they're the only that's team awesome. to beat three one-seats. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was, that's a, that was a special team. Because that's the most that's, that you can play, right? So right. yeah, they would, they would right. maybe somebody else has done it, but 97 Arizona did it. Yeah. They had cool factor though. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Maybe more than any national championship. You think about all the teams that were like, I mean, UNLV was cool, but it was different. They were hated by a lot of people. I don't know if Arizona was hated right then. No, I don't think so. I was rooting for them yeah. real hard because I didn't want to see Kentucky win. I was sick of Kentucky. Right. <laughs> Nobody. We can we can meet on that stage right there. I was at the the game where Wisconsin beat Kentucky, the undefeated Kentucky team in Indy, too. I was there, too. Um, yeah, what an atmosphere. That, that was, was fun. Hearing yeah. them walk out quietly was great. Yeah. Because I, I think most UK fans thought that that, that was a coronation. Like they, yes. They, they had no – inkling that they could possibly lose that game and then they, you know they they did and that was that wisconsin team was stacked man convincing yeah. decker and but kentucky was more stacked that year right is that the year they had six oh yeah what Collie stein carl anthony yep. towns both of the on that team twins um yeah they were they were loaded up
Like Devin Booker was like the seventh best player on that. That's team. right. That's right. <laughs> That's Ridiculous. Yeah. So stupid. Yeah. Well, um, well, I appreciate your uh, appreciate your time tonight. Thanks a lot for for just just checking back in. I, uh, I I always like talking to you, and appreciate your insights. A little little different than what our listeners, our viewers get to see different or all the time. So um, we'll have to do it again sometime. Thanks all right, a lot, buddy. Boiler up. Hammer down. Thanks for tuning in to the Boiled Sports Podcast Network.